Hey, everybody, hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. This is our annual Thanksgiving Day hangover show, which is, you know, get that tryptophan out of your system, wake up a little. And if you want to see a tired-looking turkey, not so loud, bread. not so loud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he, was, uh, he tried to outdo himself last night. I did. I think he did do. I did. See, our guest already knows too well about Greg, but we're very thrilled to have wow. him. Steve on, Steve Tortorella. Well, yeah, they, they, they've called me a lot of things over the years. Some we can't mention today because it's a family show. Sort of. I mean, you can't swear this is a family show. Yes. Right. Everybody loves it. You get some people on who are just like potty balls. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, hi, Steve. Hi. Hey, hey, thanks for having me on today. Oh, and, uh, this is going to be an interesting yeah. uh, story time. But before we tell any stories, I actually had a question I've never asked all these years. What was... Everybody's first music club you ever went to. The music club. Let me think. The mu- first. Greg, mu- you have one while he's thinking. Wow. Uh, well, I grew up right near where, where the living room and the King's Lounge used to be. Yeah. I used to go there a lot, and that's like where I first started jamming, even though I was underage because I could just walk over there. And then there was the Centurion on Goodman. The Centurion. Yeah, and uh, which is like we see Steve and I being. Drummers, you know, we grew up in a different era, and we're and we're you're different of, because you're drummers. Well, yeah, we are different. <laughs> we're a little bit, we're a beat off. Yeah, you know that I mean? was going to mention that. But you went to the Centurion. <laughs> did you take a stab at a Caesar salad when you were at the Centurion? <laughs> but for mine, I can remember. I remember it well. It was the yeah. Penny Arcade, okay. and remember now when we were kids, well, that too, it yeah. had the allure of like a really badass place but once you see these biker guys eating ice cream I know right you can't, <laughs> you can't look tough eating an ice cream that's right yeah, I went to go see Saxon and the thing that oh, only wow. the only bad thing I had there you're all there's a person Phil Stover in my class who used to live there he would make up all these stories make it sound like it was like yeah. Roadhouse but I would go down there only bad part of the show well between well there was Biff who was signing my album and he's like this mark is fucked <laughs> which is good but there's I get pushed back I literally got bumped into a 500 pound roadie for ZZ Top type and he looks at me and I'm like he's like don't push man <laughs> yeah. but you know I found especially like I used to play the woodshed all the time oh the woodshed with, with that band uh, the Chronics we'll take you to the woodshed for yeah, the right show. I know My and those oh. guys no those Go guys ahead. if they have your back you're golden. Yeah. That's why I, I like Johnny's, that, man. That's yeah. why I like Johnny's. Like, so the biker guys there? there? There were a couple times where somebody was, you know, messing with me, and the guy would, like, just, just stand there, like, do not with him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then the guy just goes away. <laughs> yeah. Smokey Joe's, so too. Anyway. That's where, like, some of these, like, some of the bikers that come in. I yeah. love them. They're all... Yeah. Like, but before you were rudely interrupted. Yes. Get ahead, used sorry. to it on this show. Yeah. Oh, it's okay. Well, listen, so the first bar that I remember, or club... Was the Mardi Gras down at Charlotte? Oh yeah, yeah. which today yeah. is Tropics, but they had live bands there, and uh, they had national bands there too. They, I remember seeing Ario Speedwagon in the very, very early stages with their first singer, and uh, Ario played there. Wow, yeah, and uh, well, we were underage. We were at the sixteen, seventeen, oh, yeah. so we would wait for a fight to break out. We yeah. hang out on the sidewalk, <laughs> wait till a fight to break out, and then uh, we would we would run in when everybody's <laughs> running out. 
I know Cheap Trick played the Penny Arcade. Penny Arcade. That, that was actually, at this point in time, it was before the Penny Arcade oh. was there. It was Shakey's Pizza Parlor. Right. Yep. So we used to go there <laughs> and uh, order something, uh, uh, something to drink and a pizza and hang out there for a little bit and then stand on the sidewalk and wait for a flight to break Did out. Did they used to have the piano player guy, too? There, there was one in Henrietta, too, I, I remember. Uh, they probably did. Uh, don't forget, uh, my. Uh, those are my many, many, many yeah. years ago. My early, in my youth. But it was like a, <laughs> it was like a twenties theme, the straw hat. And it, the, it's the, strange and, you know, when the, you're young like that. The way memories are, because I remember, yeah. like I would ask, like on whole lot of shaking page, where the heck was Backstreet? Because okay. I remember going, yeah. but. You know, one of my friends would drive. We saw Dred Zeppelin I, there, which is okay. hilarious. I think yeah. it was on Richmond Street. Yeah, everybody, I actually yeah. asked, everybody knew. But when you're younger, it's almost like the first time we went to Jazzberries. Yeah. Okay. You know, I said, we saw the Kinks at U of R. I went to Jazzberries. And it's like vaguely in your head, you know. Oh, you know, yes. Like trying to park. And yeah. Stuff. Plus, maybe a couple other uh, things <laughs> had the effect. I, I, went, I went to Backstreet's. Back was it huge? Lou Graham. Lou Graham's okay. band was there. Dribs and drabs of memories that, uh, <laughs> you know, you got little tidbits of things. Oh, yeah, I remember that, but I don't remember the rest of it. You know, when I'm lucky, though, I started, like, in 85, I started keeping a journal. Did you? That's but, a good idea. But then I'll go back. Number one, I can't read my writing. Uh-huh. <laughs> then, you know, memories like that, though, it's all in here somewhere. Sure. But then it pops in your head. But you had some stories to tell. Or tell us about you or whatever well, you want. Well, I was born down by the river. <laughs> And, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, no, actually, I was born and raised in uh, uh, in the city. I started on, I uh, grew up on Weld Street. Well, I didn't grow up on Weld Street. No, I was born on Weld Street. Let, let me rephrase that. And uh, my family's from uh, the city over there by the public market. And that's where uh, I had my very humblest beginnings. Yep. Yeah. And uh, eventually my family moved to uh, Arundacoit, and I'm still there. East Arundacoit, New York. I'm happy about that. And um, got involved in music. My first memories of uh, really diving into music were the Beach Boys. Oh. Okay. So... Uh, this was around 1963 when they were actually first coming out. And um, we went to the Beach Boys concert in 64. That was my first concert. My first album was the Little Deuce Coop album. And that got me uh, really uh, pumped up to, to get involved in music. I really dug the music on the uh, Little Deuce Coop and the Beach Boys music. 64, as I said, we went to the concert at the Auditorium Theater to see the Beach Boys and we were only we were 11 years old Can wow. you imagine, I can't imagine dropping your kids off today I know, at I 11 know. years old at a rock concert you know and then you're as a parent walking away and say, oh, I'll see you later I'll see you in a couple hours I think they did that with me I went to Iron Butterfly did and you? Blues Image or okay. whatever it was back in the day yeah Yeah. so that was my uh, my first concert was the Beach Boys and the first album was the Beach Boys and of course uh, the Beatles hit in 64 and uh, so many of us that were uh, at that tender age of 11 and 12 years old, maybe a little bit younger, were just bitten by the the beetle bug. Yeah, that's where I want to be. Yeah, <laughs> and it was like, man, it's cool. It's cool. I want to do that, you, you know? know? The strange part about the Beatles for me was for some reason when I was a kid, 
XXI would show Yellow Submarine on the 4th every year. My friends and I would go act it out afterwards. Some would be the blue meanies. Chase each other around with sparklers. So the first (laughs) album... I don't like good songs. Wow. You heard it here first. So what I did was I went down to Gold Circle, saved my paperboy money, and the first thing I got were those Beatles, the red and the blue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. With the night, and they, they were the, the red, red and the blue, blue, uh, blue uh, LPs, yeah. But I have little Deuce Coop Beach Boys, one of my top. Okay. And I think when you saw them then, and I told one of my friends, he still ruse it. His sister went to see the Beatles in Toronto. Yeah. Now, I might not be accurate. Supposedly, that was the closest they came to here. I believe that was. And um, I was fortunate enough to kind of uh, move along with the Beatles story that um, by 66, and that was their last tour, uh, and I was really deep into the Beatles by then. And um, my mom was cool, man. She took me to Cleveland to wow. see the Beatles live in concert. I, it was their last tour. Um, man, that that was uh, that was quite a show. What I remember from that was I remember the Remains, the band Remains oh, out of Cleveland. I, like I believe they were out of Cleveland, and uh, they were on the bill. Um, who else was on that bill? I don't. You know what? I forgot. I forgot who who else was on it. Don't matter because I was there to see the Beatles. And I think, too, people don't understand now, they're into the days of, like, the two-hour-plus concerts. A lot of these yeah. bands played for, like, 20 minutes. Like, I remember yes. Elvis Presley yeah. would have, like, magic acts yeah. and all these different things. Yeah. But that's what I tried to console my friend. I was like, his sister went to see the Beatles. He said, I'll see him next time. Of course, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I said, look, you wouldn't have heard him with all the screaming. Oh, that's and- true. That's true. What I remember about that show as well was when the Beatles finally did come out, the stage was set up. It's second base, and all the kids and all the pub general public they were in the stands at the baseball stadium, and for security they had a snow fence that ran from the third base side to the first base side. That's their security fence. <laughs> so as soon as the Beatles came out, what happened? All the kids jumped out onto the field and ran towards the stage. They knocked that uh, snow fence down, <laughs> and of course the, the Beatles saw. Uh, 5,000 kids running towards the stage at them, so they actually... You weren't like this rebel who pelted George and John with jelly babies. No. You? you know the story, I, I, don't you? Oh, yeah. They made the big mistake of yeah, saying they liked they like jelly babies. Like the, the jelly, doctor. Uh, but yeah. they're, not, they're not fun because the fans said, well, if you like them, we're going to throw them. <laughs> I know. That's why you got to be a drummer, though. <laughs> like with the well, there was that famous story where Ringo was putting his cymbals up. Uh-huh. It, like I, well, I think when they like were in the shield. Philippines, yeah, because he was afraid. So I think Keith throw. Moon did one to deflect a cabbage. Somebody threw a town. <laughs> but you know, you were talking about the the whole the different variety uh, of acts. I mean, back in those days, especially the Elvis period and all that. Yeah. They were package tours. Yeah. They had three or four yes. different bands. And they're all on the bus and all that, yeah. and everybody played twenty twenty five minutes and. Yeah. Sounds Incorporated was another band that was on that tour. They were more of an instrumental band with a couple of go-go dancers up there. Oh, nice. <laughs> so I remember the uh, Sounds Incorporated from the Beatles tour. But definitely the remains, they had that big hit called Diddy Wad Diddy, which was big on the East Coast by them. And then uh, listening to um, um, Mike yesterday, Mike Murray played Captain Beefheart's version of oh, Diddy no. Wad Diddy, and they had they were big on the West Coast with that tune. But I always dug that tune, man, Diddy Wad Diddy. If uh, you guys get a chance uh, to listen to it, uh, 
Pick your version. Call, you yeah, <laughs> call it up and check it out. Diddy Wad Diddy by the remains. And we are still oh. officially in November, so... Yeah, yeah. November. <laughs> so along the way, uh, I, I decided I want to play drums. So this is still early on. I'm probably 12 at the time. So I convinced my parents that I need to play drums. And somehow they went along with it. My mom was cool like that. My dad was uh, was, was on the straight and narrow. And uh, he was very old school, if you will. So uh, yeah. he wasn't too much into the music thing. But my mom was cool about it. I started taking lessons at uh, Levis Music Store oh, yeah. on East Main Street from Elmer Froelich, who was a big band jazz-style drummer. And I uh, started taking lessons from Elmer, and he taught me the rudiments, which I still remember today. I can't read music, and <laughs> you know, uh, but um, yeah, so I started with that, and it just kind of snowballed. And then I started a little band with a cousin of mine. My cousin Randy played guitar. It was me uh, on drums, Randy on guitar, and this other young fellow from the neighborhood. Uh, and he was playing saxophone. So that was kind of a weird combination. No bottom end, no bass. Yeah. <laughs> One of my, th I was actually lucky. My parents are very tolerant of music. Yeah. But it's just something horrifying when your mom doesn't get the lyrics. When she was singing along with Venus and Furs from Velvet Underground. Okay. <laughs> you're going, no, yeah. don't. But plus, my dad had the one weird thing, though, about music where it's like Rod Stewart or something. What about Rod Stewart? But he wears pantyhose. <laughs> I could never figure that one out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember my mother always told people that uh, they'd say, "Well, isn't it so noisy? How can you stand it?" And she would yeah. always say, "I know where he is." Okay, <laughs> I know where he is. I guess my mom. She was one of those good, those good alcoholic families when she grew up. But they were they were fighting and yelling all the time. Yeah, so she liked noise. Yeah. Well, I had the typical Italian mom. So okay. <laughs> Well, mine was too, but she was cool. She was into the music thing. She was a big Sinatra fan, like most of our Italian moms were, and, and Dean Martin and all the uh, the old Italian singers from that era. Right. So from that band, it, it evolved into. Uh, well, by now I'm back. I'm in high school, and I'm back into music again, and started a band with a very, very it turned out to be a very, very famous keyboard player. In fact he was just in town was Chris Caswell. Oh yeah. Who turned out to be a superstar in the music field. I mean this guy does it all. But I'll never forget the first time Chris came to my house, he walks in with an accordion. <laughs> so this was freshman year in high school. So the doors were hot, you know, that Farfisa sound. Right. But Chris walks in with an accordion. And I went, uh-oh, what are we going to do with this? This is going to be interesting. That didn't last long. Chris convinced his parents to buy him a uh, Fender, not a Fender Rhodes, not yet, uh, the Farfisa, the Farfisa right. organ. I'm sorry. So uh, now we're cooking. Now we're cooking. Chris <laughs> is playing left-handed bass, playing uh, keyboards. And uh, that was a three-piece thing for a while. Uh, with, we had a guitar player. Uh, they were called the Lost Souls. How appropriate. I'm going to... Uh, right. <laughs> Catholic uh, Church, and, and, and I'm a lost soul now. I think I've always been a lost soul along the yeah. way. I'm still trying to find myself. But <laughs> So uh, we had that band. We actually had added a singer for a while, Tommy, who I went to grammar school with. Tommy, we had a little four-piece thing going on. And uh, it was more of a garage band. You know, right. we, did, we didn't really uh, knock down any kind of... Uh, 
the doors anyway around town, but we, it was more of just a garage band having fun. And there plenty of those. Did yeah. you do any originals? Did you just stick no, covers? we were all just doing covers. Uh, Incense and Peppermints by oh, the, yeah. uh, what was the name of that band? Strawberry, Strawberry, Alarm. Strawberry Alarm Clock. Of course, you know, it all based, everything was based around Chris's keyboards. You know, it just was our, in terms of bands with names like that, one of my favorites is still the Chocolate Watch Band. That's a, that's a great name. I just got the entire, like, collection. Yeah. It's amazing. They really didn't do that much. Did right. you know that that guy, Ed King, that was Ed in Leonard Skinner, wrote Incense and Peppermint. Right, yeah, well, he was in the band. He's, yeah. uh, he was in the uh, that band. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. It's very, yeah. what, a, what, a, what a 380 or 360 switch to playing with yeah. Skinner. Well, yeah. I think a lot of it, too, was like Willie Nelson and them. They started as songwriters. Yeah. It's like Sonny Bono, right? Walk of the Dog, I think. He yeah. did. Mm-hmm. And bang, bang. And yeah, that's right. Sonny was writing music before Cher. Yeah. And then he found Cher. It was actually, he was going to promote her exclusively, from what I understand, uh-huh. and not really be a duo, but it evolved into a duo. With, uh, I saw them. I believe they opened up for, let me think, was it Gary Lewis and the Playboys at the auditorium and with Sonny and Cher? Wow. Yeah. I was up a little, t- little bopper up in the uh, the opera box there, and you know I'm out there jumping up and down. I like those seats, though. I yeah. like the ones, the second tier. Yeah, those like, opera boxes. When I saw the last time I was there for Dylan, I was like up by the top. Yeah. Before, like at the beginning of the show, I couldn't figure out which one was him because there was a dude with a hat playing guitar. Sure. <laughs> but he just plays keyboards now because I guess his fingers. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So from there, after that band, The Lost Souls, then I went on hiatus. I was really burned out. Yeah. I'm still burned out. <laughs> so well, I got. I think I just got out of music for a while. I, I didn't. Uh, I didn't pursue it. And then uh, eventually, I got the bug again. And uh, it was really after high school. It was. It was quite a, a, a lapse in in my uh, musical progress there. And it, it's. 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 Uh, I'm into high school now. No, after high school. I apologize. And I got hooked up. I think I must have read an ad. I wanted to get back into music again. And um, I hooked up with the great Joe Beard. Ah, okay. So this is like 1973, I think it is. And uh, I answered an ad. And I did one or two gigs. It's all it really was, well, a couple gigs with Joe. Because I'm learning how to play all over again. I had right. stopped playing. I really wasn't that serious. And um, I'm serious now, though, very serious. <laughs> so Surely you can't be serious. Oh, uh, surely. <laughs> Don't call me uh, Shirley, right? <laughs> so that's what happened then. With, I hooked up with Joe. But that didn't pan out, sadly enough. I wish it had. Um, we spun off, the bass player and I, Paul Flannery, spun off from, from working with Joe, and we start, I really got serious at that point. I said, this is it, I'm going to do this now. So um, Paul and I started up the band Circus. So this is early 70s now, early 70s. Remember that I remember that. Remember yeah, Circus? It was a circus, and that's why I picked <laughs> that name. Um, but as you know, when a, you're doing a startup with a band, you don't get the best quality musicians. I mean, we we went through a lot of auditions trying to find people to, that would uh, fulfill the the role who 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 worked out 
well with uh, with the rest of us and, and could play. I mean, I certainly couldn't play, so maybe that's why we had a hard time. Well, no, I, I couldn't play. Why are so many stories? You're being a little hard on yourself. <laughs> Just about people like friends and bands, the story, the horror stories I have about people auditioning. Yeah. And the worst part is when somebody comes in and they're like, how great they are. You know. Oh, my God. Right. But there's, you don't have to be a fan of Kiss. If you ever see a movie called Tribute, it's about tribute bands. Yeah. So there's a story about the Kiss tribute band. The guy who plays Gene Simmons actually goes nuts and burns the house down. Oh, so they really? try to get, like, audition. The one guy you get, he comes in, he's like, I want to live my dream. Yeah. You know. And as soon as they start... The guy, <laughs> and they're looking, oh yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, and like they're discouraged. You see him packing his base and leaving, oh, and man. the one guy goes, "No, that guy sucked." Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's a shame because everybody tries. I mean, everybody's trying out there. There's no doubt about that. But you know, you get these phone calls, and uh, I said, "Well, tell me about yourself. Tell me a little bit about yourself. What what have you done musically?" And uh, and and they'll go on and on. Oh yeah, I, I'm really a, I'm a great this and I'm a great that and I can do this and I can do that. Then you get them down live, and everybody knows who's ever been in a band. And then you go, you start scratching your hands like, oh my god, this is a disaster. Yeah, well, you got to you know, walk the walk, to you. <laughs> I do the chicken marks to you. Well, give me fifteen dollars and I'll play. Well, what about what about practice? Well, you couldn't afford it because if I don't practice, I don't play, and you want that. <laughs> you know, that, and that was something we were talking earlier about, like topics. To, By the way, we have to, to tape the pre-show every time. It's better than the show. I know, right? <laughs> the secret, the secret discussions. Yeah, yeah. No, but we were talking about how, like, a lot of times the people we have on are from the indie thing and the original thing. Yeah, and. Uh, Steve, Steve and I, we kind of started with these other, other kinds that we were all in these cover cover bands. Cover bands, yeah. I was in a band at band Subway with Rich. I remember Subway so, with Rich, yeah. And all those, and we were playing all those. Hi, Rich. Yeah, hi, Rich. Who's who's Rich? Your <laughs> Lisa, one of my favorite buddies from grammar school. Oh, man, yeah. we were playing. He played Hammond, Oregon, and we were playing all the Italian standards because his father had a fake book of Italian. Oh, yeah. Of, of, like, Spanish Eyes and La Paloma and all that stuff. And I'm playing brushes, and that was kind of an interesting, humble beginning. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. The, the, you know, we so we were playing these, like, the six-night-a-week deal. Oh, like, my we God. Were talking yeah, about. yeah. You, you set up on, uh, play on Tuesday or something, you play right through Saturday, yeah. and you don't have to... Screw around with taking stuff down and right. That's right. how it used to be, especially in the seventies. The seventies, yeah. You you get into a club and you'd be there for a while. I had uh, read like the history of Long Island music. Everybody, there was a good ranch used to play here all the good time. Good ranch, yeah. But you could make buku bucks. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was Long a huge Island. circuit. Yeah. They're like Ronnie Dio. When they were playing with the Red Caps and all this stuff when he was starting yeah. out in the 60s, you get these club gigs in central New York or at colleges. Right, yeah. You play, you play these crazy sets to, like, all these, like, oh, yeah. four or five-hour sets. Right. Yeah, we, our first gig, we, took, we mentioned the Centurion Lounge in, uh, in Rochester on Goodman Street. And uh, we, we, once we got the uh, lineup settled in Circus... Um, we were, we were, we learned our sets. We had, uh, enough music to do, do a whole night. And, um, the Centurion, uh, uh Vic Carroll was, uh, was the owner there at, at the Centurion. Vic came down to my house and we did an audition and he hired us. He liked the band. And uh, we're doing top 40 stuff. 
some soul things, some, you know, Doobie Brothers, which were popular at the time, uh, all the top 40 stuff. So Vic came down, hired us for two weeks. It was our first gig. Six nights a week for two weeks. Okay, that's a good. That's a good warm up. It's a good warm up, <laughs> and uh, so yeah. Thanks to Vic, he really got my career started, if you want to call it that. My local, you know, I'm playing in a local band. I was real happy about that. Finally, got my feet wet, and I got out there with uh, with Circus, and uh, we were popular for a number of years. Went through some lineup changes, like most bands do. Um, but uh, we we held our own and uh, we did well. We did well. Uh, it didn't last as long as I maybe had hoped. Right. But uh, things things change. People come and go. It's 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 a very fluid business, as everyone out there knows who plays in a band. Well, it always strikes me as odd too, because it's like. Um, you know, well, I want to play. I want to play. Well, now we're playing too much. Well, then, yeah. then you back off. Well, I'm not. We're not playing enough. We're not playing enough. You, you, yeah. you can't. You got to find. Yeah. You got to make up your mind, man. Pick a lane. Right. Either Pick you want to do this all the time, or you don't want to do right. this. Right. And the I time. do still always believe the best thing for bands is chemistry too. Right. Oh, you absolutely. Some, you can have some virtuosos. It's not gonna. You know, and I think also too, like you get your Jeff Becks and everything, who were great. Yeah. But they couldn't work with people. Right, and yeah. you think of how much better they would be if they could cooperate, and you know you could you should have a lot of confidence, but don't have so much ego or follow the career of with you mentioning that um, Eric Clapton. Right, all his most popular bands, he was only in in them for like two years. Right, now if, he if would that. say he would say with Cream it was more Ginger and Jack than him. Yeah, he sounds like. A, well, I mean, he he, he quit the Yardbirds because he didn't like one of their hit, uh, the the biggest hit that they had. It wasn't right. bluesy. It wasn't yeah. bluesy. It's like you quit the band because of a song. I mean, you're on the verge of making it really, really big, yeah. and they did, and he quits. That's when they I got still, Jeff. I would love to find footage when I read his book. You know, he's had some issues with various things. Yeah. When he played supposedly Who Rich, hasn't? <laughs> Rich Stadium, I was addicted to Bubble Yum for a while. Oh, oh really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no that, kidding. That grape. But <laughs> and and I got some in here. Let me hands. pick that out for you, man. It's right over here. Hold but, on. So there's a concert he played, supposedly at Rich Stadium, where he was. It was on the Ocean Boulevard tour. Okay. He was so wasted. Oh. He played it laying down the whole oh, time. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of that, I just had a flashback. We went to Rich Stadium in '74 to see Clapton. And he came out. That must be the drunk one. Is a skunk. I mean, he couldn't. He would, really? as soon as he walked out, he told the audience right over the mic in the PA, "I'm, I'm bloody you. drunk today. <laughs> I can't play." Yvonne Elliman, who had a big, big hit, oh, yeah. hit song in Saturday Night Fever, was his guitar player. Yeah. Uh, what was do you remember Yvonne's she big was hit? In Jesus Christ Superstar. She was in that she, too, but she was his guitar player. She did all the oh, really? all the guitar work for him. He was he was wasted. I thought she was a singer. Oh, what a disappointment! I wonder if that was the show then, because I just heard he was in it. Because he he talked about it in his book, so okay. you don't know how could he even remember what he actually no, did? No, well, it's that whole that whole uh, you know be careful of. Uh, you know, meeting your heroes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's like you hear from a lot of guys in bands who are Aerosmith fans. They go, I saved up my money to go see Aerosmith, and Steven Tyler fell off the stage oh, yeah. after the first song. Yeah. But you know what? You have to think, what, what are the inner workings of all that? Is it the pressure? Is it the... 
Well, it doesn't the matter. I can, I, the we road, can do whatever too. we want to do, and we're going to yeah, still get well, paid. I mean, or, or is it just that they don't care, or is it just that they don't have the discipline, or whatever? The excess you're speaking of, the yeah. like the drugs and the, the, the uh, what else, the, 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 the alcohol and the sex. It's all true, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> sex, drugs, and rock and roll. In that order? There's Not a, necessarily in that order. There's actually a book by this guy. It's called Fargo Rock City. It was the idea of, well, like more like metal bands. But when you lived in these areas, it was big. Yeah. So he talks about, you know, one time I met the guys from Cinderella. Yeah. And they were just normal dudes. Right. And I was really disappointed. So I was goes, disappointed. I love that band. So then he goes, they were just normal, your normal yeah. guys. So then Guns N' Roses played. Yeah. And I found Slash's room. I asked him to sign, so he came out, wobbled over, and threw up on the side. Oh. And, and his man, his manager, the guy goes, he's had a rough I go, at least the guy's authentic. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, you talk about authentic, uh, speaking of meeting somebody oh. in their room. So my buddy worked at the Holiday Inn. I'm kind of like jumping around here. This but uh, That's what right. we do. <laughs> jumping around, kids. So my buddy worked at the Holiday Inn. I don't know what the, he was a dishwasher or something. And there was a concert in town. With um, Rare Earth, the band, the, the band Rare Earth, right? Uh, Livingston Taylor was on the bill, which is James Taylor's, I believe, younger brother. Doesn't matter, younger or older. James uh, Livingston was on the bill. So my my buddy says to me, he says, after the concert tonight, there's going to be a big party upstairs in uh, in their room. I, he says. We should go. I says, oh, well, do you know, we're, are we invited? He goes, oh, just, we'll just go up there, man. I'll get us in. Don't worry. So after the concert, we go back to the Holiday Inn, and we go up to the room. He knew the room number. We knocked on the door, and the door slowly opens, and there's Livingston Taylor there. Right? He says, yeah, can I help you guys? Hey, we're, my buddy and I are looking at each other, and we look back at Livingston. Go, well, we heard there's a party here tonight. Is there a party? Just, well, guys, I'm sorry to disappoint you. No, there's no party, but you're welcome to come in, you know, and shoot the shit with the way let's right. Can I say that? The, yeah. the cheese. Shoot the cheese. <laughs> so, yeah, we we hung out with Livingston, and, you know, just uh, we told some stories like we're telling here. He was really a cool dude. And that was the party. No. That's the one. My one part about Clapton, why I, I will give him a little respect, was during the Howling Wolf sessions when he played in London, and they had Herbert Sumlin, and Clapton was invited. He goes, we have someone. What do you need me for? Good man. Right. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good man. I but like I think it. it's cool when they're normal because then yeah. you realize, hey, you know, they're just like us, and they're they just kind like of us. breaks down I what you're imagining. Think about it a little though, too. Yeah. Like you're on the those days, especially you're on the road 300 days a year. Yeah, right. Right. You get that. You're wired from the concerts. Yeah. And I was wired last night after we went to see Rich play with the Back in Town kids. If you haven't seen the band Back in Town, I'm going to plug them right now. They're great. They're, they're back in town right now. They're back in town. So uh, check it out. Rich Fiordaliso on keyboards. Who's Rich? It's a little, <laughs> Who's Rich? <laughs> Rich knows. Rich knows who Rich That's is. That's what I like, too, is I live vicariously through friends of mine. Yeah. I just do this podcast with, you know, a great drummer, of course, but still, he's a drummer. <laughs> okay. We make little drummer groups. I make but like, you. My friend uh -huh. Rob Mount, who's been my friend for oh, like, 35 plus years, you know, he ended up, you know, I remember when we were playing Gothic Toad in oh, high yeah? school, and there was a band, little side band called Feedback, because the amps were 15 bucks and they blew up. <laughs> but then Rob never stopped. He's playing with Lou. He's, oh, he's Rob, playing with yeah, Hanson. Rob is great. Hi, Rob. Love your playing, dude. No good problem. man, good yeah. man. <laughs> I love his little, what's he got, that guess the song or whatever. Oh, yeah, it. yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I always do the wrong answer on purpose. I don't even listen to the song. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's kind of where I fall short is I don't really get into all, I mean, this is like the most, 
media thing I do as far as right. like, I don't I mean I do well, you Facebook started stuff. at the top yeah right but I mean I don't do all that Instagramish stuff I mean I do some but I mean you know, not like some of these guys do they're every day every it's day. really cool though I, I give those guys a lot of credit right. um, I'm not very tech savvy as most everyone knows neither am I but the I'm, man in there is yeah I'm <laughs> old school I'm sorry you know just uh, tell me where uh, the gig is I'll yeah. show up and I'll yeah. play it that's all I got your uh, note with the from the the carrier pigeon the other day. So <laughs> I called him this morning. You know, and he doesn't answer. I just thought like, of a good question to ask my you too. Like, in the car. when you were starting out playing, especially back in the Ludite days, you guys, <laughs> you guys ever, you guys ever get lost going to a gig? Oh my God! Yeah. I got lost going to see friends. You know what? I have to say, I never have gotten lost. I've made every gig I was ever booked to do. I got one story, though, quick, quick, is uh, I got out of the, the band thing for a while, and I started up a DJ service. So I had a party in Stanley, New York, oh, which yeah. is outside of uh, Canandaigua. Right. So it, there was a blizzard that night, okay? So this is before all the computer stuff. You're just using a road map and uh, jot yeah. down some notes on left, right, left, right. So um, I'm out there in Stanley in a blizzard with the DJ equipment in my car right. looking for this party house. I could not find this place, okay? And uh, I said, man, I hate that I'm talking to myself, that, and I do that a lot lately. Um, <laughs> well, I argue. I always argue with myself, and I always win. But I'm bummed. At least you know you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> so... I'm, I said, I can't, I can't find this place. I said, I hate to do this, but I'm pulling the plug. I'm going home. I mean, there's a flipping snowstorm going right. on here. So I started heading back home, and lo and behold, by the grace of God, there's the party house. <laughs> I ran right into it. I got into the gig on time, started on time. Awesome. And uh, and I made a couple dollars. See, it's that even night. better. I used to be like the... The Atlas, you know, the, the Rand McNally van. Yeah. And the first time I went to the Mohawk in Buffalo, I used the GPS. It took me to East Mohawk Street. I'm at oh, a dead end. Yeah. <laughs> It'll take you the wrong way every so now and then. Was yeah. When Kayla played out at this place at Weesport, and I told her afterwards, like, look, I'm probably just going to follow you home. Yeah. It was like, your GPS dies. Yeah. And there's like, there's a place called Big John's. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, yeah, I want to go in there. Okay. There was Big one. Guns. There was one gig. I forget. It was like a rock band, cover band, but it was in Watkins Glen, and it wasn't the main part of Watkins Glen. It was like you go up, like up the, by the racetrack, but it's like you turn by the racetrack. Okay, so I'm driving. I'm driving. There's woods, 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 woods. I'm like, where the hell is? Yeah. And all of a sudden, I'm not, all of a sudden there's this bar. In yeah. the woods. Oh, my God. Middle of nowhere. You know, the one for me, I think it was called The Haunt. It was in Ithaca. Yeah. And the first time I went down there, I'm like, where the heck is this? There's yeah. like this grunge road of gravel. Yeah. And it's there. And then coming home, I see these weird lights on the road. Like, is this my first UFO counter? <laughs> it was actually an Amish buggy. Oh, wow. <laughs> and they must have had the pedal lights because right. they can't use. Yeah, yeah. It's they... like four in the morning. There's an Amish buggy going down the road. There's a few of those that have been hit from behind over the years, sadly. Oh, yeah. yeah. The horses never seem to uh, 
fair very But well. always go down yeah. 89, not 90, and hit the cup, because otherwise you'll hit those hills. Well, yeah. Penyan is bad, too. Yeah. So, before we were rudely interrupted. Yeah, what? This is the Carnival. Yay, the carnival, kids. Thanks know. for having me today. We're coming to you live from <laughs> the Carnival of Randomness. Thank you very much. Somewhere deep in the bowels of Pittsburgh. <laughs> 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 I would have never find that the sign, the street signs out here are so tiny. It's like I, I didn't wear my glasses today. I said, I'm glad I followed Greg. I was fine until I'm got... always afraid of making that right to come in my girl yes. because of the lees. I'm yeah. afraid I'm going to slide across the lees. <laughs> oh, all our fans are going to storm the studio. We're sitting around here like where we are. Well, there was right. a line forming when we got here. Right. I think they were here for Greg. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's the whole thing as I was born on Taylor Swift's birthday, and a lot of people mistake me for her. Yeah. So I just do selfies now and sign. Okay. I was born down by the river, the river if I didn't mention that down before. Down by yeah. the river. Now, yeah. speaking of selfies, this guy's the king of selfies, or Steve. Well, I, you know, I like to I like to document I things, it. man. You know, and I and I really started way before cell phones. I was taking pictures of uh, whomever yeah, years ago. Cool. It funny. is cool. You know, it's like it, it helps you remember things. Right. Where is Holcomb? I don't even remember that. Holcomb, yet. Holcomb, New York. I have no idea. It's, uh, it's yeah. It's on your it's a, CD. It's, it's out in the country. That's all I know. This was 1976. All right. So this is the band after Circus. So uh, Circus, uh, we went our separate ways or whatever happened there. It, it was not. You weren't clowning around at that uh, point. No. no. It was all over. The clowning was over. So I answer another ad in the newspaper. This time, I'm looking for a gig instead of starting a, uh, a band, and uh, I find an ad. Drummer wanted. In those days, and most of us are those dark ages. <laughs> those those dark ages of looking for a band before the internet was the newspaper, and the newspaper had an, um, a section. Where it's what was it? It's a uh, uh, entertainment or, or musicians yeah, wanted yeah. something to that. I remember effect. that. Yep. So that's where we would look. So I see an ad, drummer drummer wanted. So I answer the ad, and uh, I had to go to the shed house over on Lyle Avenue, uh, Lyle and Mount Reed Boulevard. Was this Boyd's band? This was B- the famous Boyd McCoy. Oh man, he he was a trip. I Boyd was a, so seven I go, feet tall. Yeah, <laughs> I go in the store, and Boyd's there in all his glory. And uh, he, we do the interview. This was an interview first, and uh, not so much of an audition. But I always joke, in a boy, if you knew Boyd, he likes to talk. Boyd likes to tell a story, and Boyd likes to talk. He'd be perfect for this <laughs> for this show. Sadly, he's not with us anymore. But oh, uh, uh, so Boyd's asking me a million questions, and it's taken forever in this interview. <laughs> I always joke. I said I was still living home with mom at the time. And I always joked that mom was getting ready to put my face on uh, the side of the milk carton, you know, <laughs> lost child. I was gone so long for this interview. I was like, when I got home, where have you been? I said, well, I've been with the uh, the infamous Boyd McCoy. Did he do his own jingle or was that somebody else? You know, the shit, how everybody's yeah. putting the song. Remember yeah, that, that I don't, I don't I remember. I wonder if it was him singing or if it was like... You know, Chuck Bricado or one yeah. of those guys that does all the jingles. I, I don't remember Andy that. Andy may know. <laughs> Andy may know. Yeah. <laughs> so Boyd did a couple of LPs. Uh, they were recorded before I got in the band, so I kind of rode on the uh, the tail. <laughs> that uh, the, how do they say the that? The shed house. The shed house. Commercial. Yeah. 
I wonder who did this. Because they had a chain We're shifting right. gears, folks. Right. And it might have been Boyd McCoy himself. Andy, the great and powerful Sorry. wizard of Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Andy snuck into the recording studio. I just got to tell you, we're talking about bands and first concerts. My first band that I saw was the Electric Prunes. Oh, there oh, you go. The Electric Prunes. I was in Florida with my parents. Yeah. And it was a state, like, county fair, so we went. I said, man, mom, I want to go see the, like, so my mom was always bringing me around to see groups. Yeah, yeah. So the first concert was at the, the Electric Prunes. At this it's great. I want to see the Electric Prunes. Yeah. I had too much to dream Don't, of last night. Oh, yeah. Oh, you yeah, stole my yeah. line. I was going to yeah, say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Okay. Back Don't you feel well, honey? You need You prunes? are a blast <laughs> among guests. Can he, he really pops in. Can he really do that? Can he crash the show? Yeah, it's, gotta be it's, his <laughs> it's, it's his show. It's his show. It's his show. He can do anything. He can shut us off, you know. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, I got into the Boyd McCoy band, and uh, I had a lot of fun with that Boyd uh, with that band. Boyd was was quite a character. If you knew Boyd back in the day, to know him is to love him. Uh, he was easy to work for and easy to work with. I had a lot of fun. Um, that lasted a couple years, and I eventually moved moved on. There were some things going on that you know you you move on when things uh, just uh, you're not feeling right. Things aren't yeah. you know you know the feeling. So uh, a couple years with Boyd, and it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Um, but we, uh, we 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 played all over. In fact, we we played in this one bar, and the <laughs> either liked Boyd's voice or you didn't. He was kind of. Um, Oh, I had that raspy, soulful right. voice. Right, I remember that. And either you liked it or you didn't. I had a, a, a bar owner come up to me one night, and he said to me, he goes, Stevie, he says, the band is really good. He goes, but you got to get rid of that singer. <laughs> it was a boy's <laughs> band. It's like, no, I don't think I'm telling the, the band leader that uh, he's leaving the band. Right. But, uh, so not not too long after that, it's back to the drawing board, putting a band together. And... Um, I don't know how this this thing came about, but I'll tell you what, this was a great band. It was short-lived, sadly, but we had some great players in this band. Uh, I'm going to go down the list here. I brought some notes. So, um, on five-piece band was called Heads or Tails. And we had Greg Petralis on lead vocals and Hammond B3 organ. I remember him. We had great. Joe Graziano on Fender Rhodes and Trumpet, and uh, Joe, if uh, all you music aficionados from the Rochester area remember Joe from the Brass Buttons, and I'll tell you what, Joe was one of my idols, uh, and I was it was a real thrill. In fact, actually, Joe was in the latter part of Circus, so this will be the second band that now I'm playing with Joe Graziano from the Buttons, and uh, it, it was quite an honor. I love Joe, loved him dearly, and I'm, I, I still I miss him dearly. Sadly, he's left us now. But uh, so we had Greg on on uh, uh, Hammond B3 and trumpet too, and then Joe on on Fender Rhodes and trumpet. Bill Turchetti was on lead guitar and lead vocals. I love Bill. We went to school together for a while. Myself on drums. Yeah, you you knew Bill. Yeah. Uh, myself on drums and lead vocals. And we had Howie. a fella, a fella <laughs> that I'm still working with today, uh, Howie Goldwasser on bass guitar and lead vocals. So we had five-piece band, four lead vocalists, five-piece band, and seven instruments because the two keyboard players, Greg and Joe, also played trumpet. So we had a big sound. Yeah, we had a big sound, and that was really a great band. I, I, sadly, as I said, sadly it was it was short lived, 
uh, we couldn't think of a name, and I just threw it out there. I go, well, heads or tails, I don't know. Something's got to come up. And wait a minute, heads or tails? How about that name? Yeah. Okay. Right. Nobody ever uses my suggestion for narcotic lollipop. For me. <laughs> <laughs> I like Feel it. free. Don't yeah. want anybody who can. Well, Howie's still playing. Howie's um, still playing. Yeah. Howie and I are still together. And uh, he was yeah. in that band with Rich Fiordaliso back in yeah, the day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we, in fact, one night Howie brought a, a real, real tape deck. And uh, so we've had we've got uh, a CD that Howie uh, uh, taped and are actually recorded off the tape. So we've got some memories here from the uh, the songs that we did. And once again, it was a top 40 band. We were doing a lot of oldies. We did a Rascals medley. We did a Sly and the Family Stone medley. We did uh, some Chicago, if I remember correctly. And, and Howie and I's favorite song, You Make Me Feel Like Dancing. Ah, yeah. Crazy. Who's the era? Yeah, it was a disco era by 77. Well, you know, you so. mentioned the Brass Buttons. I mean, there was that whole era, era, too, where we had a couple of really good brushes with fame right here locally, like Gene uh, from the Rascals. Or, or Gene Cornish. I'll yeah, never hear yeah. the end of that because my mom played bingo with her with his mom. Oh, his mom was yeah. a sweetheart. Yeah. Yeah. And she would always talk about Gene Cornish about where they grew up. And so when Gene yeah. played his Thanksgiving concert, I talked about it. He's like, go see that woman over there. Because both had, their moms had passed. Okay. Didn't they have a bait shop woman. or something? His father yeah. had a bait yeah. shop. Yeah. Uh, Clinton or oh, something. Uh, yeah, somewhere and in the city. this woman remembered my mom well from being going out. She, yeah. probably, she probably cheated. but <laughs> I uh, have been fortunate to have gotten to know Gene over the years and spent a lot of time with him um, when he's been in town. And uh, I tell you, he's got some stories. And Gene, he's a storyteller. He'd be great in here. I tell you, he's got some great stories. I used to love his Thanksgiving thing at the Hog every yes, year. Yes, yes, definitely. In fact, uh, he made my day one time. We were there for one of the shows, and I was out. In fact, Andy was playing keyboards. Andy was playing keyboards, and I was out in the audience, and uh, Gene called me up on stage. Well, Stevie, get up here. I went, what? <laughs> so we did uh, Good Lovin'. And uh, it was an all-star band. Gene used to bring a couple of his guys from uh, the New York area, and then he'd do a pickup thing with some of the local guys. Like I say, Andy played keyboards that night. Uh, David Cohen played uh, drums that night. And uh, there's a video out there uh, that from that from the song. The we did good loving. You know, he's and, funny. He was almost like a secret weapon because if you listen to his on the recordings, he was always kind of understated, but. His parts were really cool. If you listen yeah. to his My friend parts, Pat Barrius, who in, lives in Louisville, he's a singer in various bands. Uh -huh. He flipped that I, you know, my mom knew Gene Cornish and I met him. Remember he's back. that? What? He's, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, top of that skyscraper. I'd like to introduce Andy Calabria. <laughs> This special oh, the show is actually Gene is what made the Rascals the Rascals. If they had any other, yeah. they could have got a guitar player that more versatile. Yeah, the Rascals would not have been the same. Nope. He his what he added. Made right. Gene had a style, man. He right. had a style, all his own. Rockabilly rock. Watch any of the uh, the early yeah. uh, Rascals clips from uh, any of the shows, uh, specifically maybe the uh, Ed Sullivan show. And Gene, he was just having fun. That band was a fun band with Eddie and Gene up front. Dino, are you kidding yeah, me? I One know. of my all-time idols. Dino Donnelly, ladies and gentlemen. Watch Dino. If you uh, inspire to be a drummer, 
check out yeah, Dino. He has some great moves too. He was he's spoiled though my... because we know about him, but other people they went crazy when they found out I knew like Gene and all. Like wow, he's my favorite. They're the yeah, best. Did yeah. You see the reunion tour. And yeah, that was 2012. Or 2013. Yeah. yeah, it's been what is that? Ten years now? Yeah, ten wow. ten years wow. already wow. gone by. I'm thinking of that song "Come On Up." Which isn't a big hit of theirs, but if you listen to his guitar part, he's doing all these like upstroke, yeah. cool I rhythm things. It's really a childhood memory. Watching a band, it was like some school, like in the Hudson Avenue, Portland, uh, Goodman area, yeah. kind of. And looking in, watching the Rascals, is that possible at some school? Probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah but it was Back like, in those I, days, sure. I, I just have this vague memory of that. Yeah. Well, they played they played the U of R Palestra. Sadly, I didn't make that show, but I do have pictures from it. Um, but but the Rascals were here a couple times. Um, they had to be. They Gene's from Rochester, so you got to get booked in your hometown. Right. But I didn't see the original line, the the original days, the the first time out. I saw the the reunion right. show for sure, and I'm I'm disappointed I didn't go to see one or two more because they played, I believe, Syracuse. They played Buffalo. And I know a friend of mine went to Toronto to see him because early on they didn't release a lot of the dates. It was kind of like it, they they trickled out the dates yeah. as far as where they were playing. And uh, they really tested it in the New York area. They wanted to see what the response was going to be, from what I understand. A lot of bad bad blood in that band, though, with yeah. the factions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Eddie was the first one to leave. Right. Eddie Eddie left first. They actually did their last album with only two cuts from Eddie. The rest of them uh, stayed together and finished the album. It was Gene, obviously, Felix, and Dino, um, w- really without without uh, Eddie, who only sang two songs. In fact, he sang The Letter by the right. Box Tops on that album, and they rearranged the whole thing. It's it's an interesting yeah. arrangement. The last albums are pretty unique. You know? Yeah, I, I, Once Upon a Dream, that's a weird even one. Even way after that. <laughs> yeah. The last two albums gravitated more towards the uh, jazz feel because that's what... Felix and Dino. Felix and Dino. The very last album was just Felix. The Island of Real was... uh, I don't even think Dino... Sanborn's on that. Yeah, they had some top Uh, dogs that played on that album for sure. But, I think uh, Dino was on that too. Was he? Was he? Did he stay with him on the last album? Okay, I'm sorry. You know, I think so. We're very linear on these shows. We usually are. About yeah, well, we're, we're going to make mistakes, ladies and gentlemen. We don't have any notes in front of us. <laughs> ah, you know, you <laughs> and vague memories at best. <laughs> this might even be a mistake for me sitting here. I don't know. I hope not. I hope you're enjoying the show, everybody. Steve is very you? interesting. <laughs> so, all right. So you, you get the formula, though. We don't talk about. Now it's our time. We're everywhere. We're going to share our Christmas cookie recipe before we go on. Oh no, yes. No. Well, yeah. No. I was, I, no. That reminds me, I forgot to turn the stove off before I left the house. I hope my house is... <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, yeah, so there we go with Heads or Tails, everyone, if you remember. In fact, one very good friend that I met during those days, and that was, I say, back in 77. It's amazing you meet so many nice people along the way. Right. And, and, and we're still friends today. She, she nicknamed, this young lady named us... Nuts and bolts. Not, <laughs> yeah, she used to call us nuts and bolts. Well, we were a little nuts, and we still are. Good old Tuts Villa, too. Tuts man. Villa. Yeah, that's where oh, this yeah. this was recorded from Tuts. That was a three-night gig. My yeah. Uncle Norbert drank many nights. <laughs> oh, yeah. Tuts I Villa. a bunch of times. It's fun. Yeah. Three nights. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday at Tuts. I very much remember them. 
As we're in the yeah. storm, yeah, because uh, we, you know, we played the the, the bar scene, and, and, and I, I was the um, initially. Once again, I answered an ad in the newspaper. Now I had been out of the business for quite a long time. I I I think about the number of the years that that I was outside of the business, and it it's sad because you don't get those years back. But I always had the burning desire and to get back into it, and I finally did. Um, and I answered an ad. It was for a, a new band starting up called Ezra and the Storm. And I answered the ad, did the audition, um, but I was passed up because of my hours. I was working crazy rotating shift work hours at Kodak at the time. So although they liked me, I believe, uh, they liked my style of playing, I I was passed, passed up. And um but I stayed in touch with the guys. I liked the band, I liked what they were doing, and uh they hired a fella, uh Paul Francisco. Hi Paul. Hey Paul. They hired mm-hmm. Paul and Paul was their drummer for a couple years and until Paul decided he was gonna leave. Well, by then my hours changed at Kodak. I was working straight days, thankfully. And uh, kept in touch, as I said, with the band, with with the guys in the band, and I got my second opportunity to join Ezra in the Storm, which this time I got it. I got the gig. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Out of all the bands, that's that's one of my favorites. I, I really enjoyed playing playing the blues rock stuff that that Ezra was playing with this band. Uh, I got quite an education. Learned a lot of new artist that I was really not so much into the blues so much and and I got quite an education on some of the old school blues artists, blues guitar players. So this was a power trio, guitar, bass and drums. I really had to learn how to play um play differently because I'm used to right. playing parts where you know they're 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 like uh how do you say like technical parts uh on top 40 pop songs. That you're not playing on blues rock songs, right? All right, it's it's a whole you're doing a lot of shuffle beats, and of course now we're we're three piece, so you, you've got to fill some empty space, right? With guitar, bass, and drums, you don't have that rhythm in there of another guitar player or a keyboard player. So I played a lot of open hat on the hi hat. Right, cymbals. I'm gonna say you need washy or washy, yeah, yeah, washy sound to fill it in a little bit, and. um so I really got an education, as I like to say, uh, playing with Ezra. And I, I was re- very thankful that Ezra and, uh, took a chance on me. And Ray, 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 Ray Sherrata was our bass player in the beginning. Ray started it with Ezra. And hello, Ray. I know Ray listens to this show. Ray's in Cleveland now. I've been um, trying not to say it. Hello, Cleveland. Hello, yeah. <laughs> oh, Saxon recording. Good yeah, we did. Yeah. We did this with uh, that one sealed. Dave, oh, Dave yeah. Anderson. Yeah, Dave Anderson. Dave's a great, great oh, egg yeah. man. I, I love should, Dave. I should look into getting. This. Yeah. So, so yeah. So I was with Ezra for uh, a couple and a half years until uh, Ezra decided to um, take a break. It was his turn to take a break. So I'm just getting started again. And all of a sudden, yeah, I'm shut down again. I went, oh no! So what happened was, by now we changed uh, bass players. Uh, Ray had left. We had Teddy Peck for a little while, uh. another great player in town. Teddy's been, you know, he's played with some of the top dogs around Rochester I for years. Yeah, Teddy him. was a lot of fun. Yeah, if you're listening, Teddy, love you, buddy. 
and uh, so so Teddy Teddy was out, and then we got we auditioned a few more guys, and then we got Howie. Now this was a reunion for Howie and I, because we're into what 2000 and I think 12 now, and Howie and I hadn't played since the 70s with um, Heads or Tails. But we stayed in touch. Howie and I knew each other through the years. We just weren't playing together. So I called Howie. I said, hey, dude. I said, we're looking for a bass player. Are you interested? And Howie, of course, said, yeah, I'd like to come down and give it a, give it a shot. So Howie come down and blew everybody away. We, as oh, he's a, a great player. Yeah. yeah. Howie was, was the guy that uh, filled the role. And uh, so he stayed with us until uh, Ezra decided to, uh, to move along. And that, that band folded. So we, we tried to get a, a replacement for Ez, but it, he had big shoes to fill, man. He really did. He uh, he did it all. He, Ezra sang lead. Uh, he played lead and rhythm very well. He just he was smooth, very smooth. And sadly, you know, he's uh, he's just not playing anymore. He, he put it. He put the guitar down, yeah, and he's too bad. it is. I, I've tried to uh, make contact with him. We've really lost contact with one another. Sadly, I, I, I miss Ez. We had a lot of fun together. A lot of laughs course and uh but howie and i stayed together uh some side projects some uh fill-in work along the way after ezra and the storm i did a lot of fill-in stuff in fact i filled in for you greg with um with brian right uh uh for a gig yep yeah me and um who was it uh played bass guitar i'm, I'm having a, a brain Jim lampert no no no, uh, no. it was uh, tim, tim thomas oh tim 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 and i uh, tim and i uh filled in for you on a gig and uh that was a lot of fun we played at the the bayside pub out, yeah. out in webster hottest um, wings i've ever had i've yeah. actually been playing with tim with this other for straight South hot thing. don't go out the next day yeah yeah timmy's yeah. with 47 south yeah. I don't know how those guys. Well, never mind. It's like uh, I just fill in with them. Yeah, so they're, they're, great bunch of guys. Yeah. Good band. They got about how many guitar players in that band? Like three or four. Five guitar. Three, four. Five I'll tell guitar. you what, though, they're pretty high tech. I mean, you yeah. know, in ear monitors, and they got yeah. you know. Yeah, they do a nice job. Everything is set up nice, and the sound guy, and you yeah. know, they they don't mess around. You know, they have a little intro. They. Breaks me up. They have this. Oh intro. yes, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, they yeah. have. A, they said they got some DJ from California to do it. It's pretty funny, but it's like a bit, you know, like a show. Yeah. So, um, so we're at the edge, uh, the Ezra and the Storm era. Yeah. And uh, speaking of fill-in work, so I get a call one day, and um, there was a a fundraiser coming up for Officer Daryl Pearson, who oh. sadly was was shot and killed in a line of duty here in Rochester. This was back in 2014. In fact, uh, Richie was on keyboards for this. So they were putting together, it was a retired police officers from uh, the Rochester Police Department uh, who played instruments, obviously, and sang. And uh, they were putting a band back together uh, that uh, was a, a fundraising band. But they needed a drummer because their drummer, Dave Barnes, was not available at the time. Oh, Dave, oh yeah. So we uh, we we put together this uh, this fundraising band, and uh, we were going to play at the Harrow East Ballroom for uh, for for the memorial fund for Officer Pearson's uh, uh, kids. Um, so it was about two months worth of rehearsals for that. And wow. we ended up raising like eight thousand dollars. Very nice. Yeah, uh, we 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 named uh, we named the band after uh, Daryl Pearson's uh, nickname. 
Uh, he was called uh, Rain Man. That was his nickname, Rain Man. Out on the street, the uh, his buddies called him Rain Man. <laughs> so that was the name of our band for that. It was really a one-off thing, but uh, it was enjoyable and it was for a good cause. So I was I was happy to um, to partake in, in in that event. And um, that sounds cool. Yeah. yeah. So then there was another gap, some more fill-in work, and uh, not too long after that, I went to a, a house party. And uh, the band, there was a band set up. The drummer was, uh, um, I'm going to draw a blank now. Help me out here. It was, okay. uh, um, <laughs> wasn't him, right? No, it no. wasn't, uh, yeah. It wasn't him. It, it wasn't Greg, sadly, but. Um, Nobody forgets me. Oh, Dana, Dana, Dana uh, Valley. Hey, boom, there we go. Valentine. The light just went, yeah. the light just went off. So Dana, Dana was playing with a, a band called Third Degree. So the band was all set up, and they're, we're jamming and stuff. And, and sadly, you know, Dana came down with some health issues. Yeah. And um, so I get a call one day. Stevie, can, can you fill in uh, for Dana? You know, we, we need a drummer. I said, yeah, I'd love to. I'd like what guys are doing. And uh, along the way, that uh, one job led to another, led to another, led to another. And eventually, uh, Dana dis- uh, said that, you know, he, he, he was going to have to take take a break because of his health issues and um and that's where I'm at now it's been five and a half years wow still officially part of the third degree and uh we've had a lot of fun another blues rock band we're doing a little bit of everything and we've been playing the Rochester area now I've been with the band for the band's been together for 20 years and uh, Mark Francis that's his band and he keeps the band rolling along and I've been with the band five and a half years now. And Howie, as I said, well, Howie, Howie, once again, I didn't mention that. So we needed a bass player. I no, I no sooner joined, and um, after Dana left, played with the band for a couple of months, and their bass player come, come down with, with some health issues, and now we need a bass player. So back to the drawing board auditioning bass players. <laughs> and here comes, I get on the phone, Howie. Uh, interested in this? Yeah. Okay. Comes down, blows everybody away. Boom. Stevie T and Howie back together again. You know, and I think this is a interesting when you talk about all this. Kids, listen up. <laughs> <laughs> Pay don't, attention. There's going to be a test later. Don't burn your bridges. That's right. Keep your options open. That's uh, right. Always because you never know who might call you back. If you made a good impression or you were easy to get along with. That's so much more important sometimes than than the playing part. I mean, as long yeah. as you gel. But right. I mean, it's always good that yeah, man, we always have fun with you. I'm gonna play with you again. And, yeah. And I even say this to drummers. I'm not here to impress drummers. I'm here to impress other guys, guitar players, keyboard guys, singers, because they want to be. They want a good drummer behind. Them. Sure. And you know, I'm not. Don't. I'm not gonna worry about how flashy or or whatever it's like i'm not here to impress you guys <laughs> you know right. you know and i got that too because i always like to tell people like when i was in my teens doing i was a prick and i used to tell <laughs> that's people, what we heard and i used to tell people what, that all the time <laughs> but i used to tell people that all the time and then yeah. you know you grow up though yeah well you realize, you do. who wants to be in a band or anything with somebody who's got like an attitude it's or, a learning yeah uh, you know you mature if you're the you same do. person you were 10 years ago right. you got something wrong with you but one of my other observations of all day, being involved in music myself for all these years, and I saved everybody the torture of playing by doing a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, uh, I know this, that, is, this you know, has it's been. It's all this about is, yeah. We all want this to. This has been tough. 
You know, we all want to, you know, we'd love it to be super famous, whatever else. But you, you got to go in with the attitude. You want to just have fun. I want to play. Enjoy yourself. I want right. to play. I want to have fun. You know, and I've seen bands play, and I go, these guys are really good musicians, but they're looking at the clock. Yeah. This is just, they're going by, they could do this in their sleep. Yeah. Other bands you see, you go, these guys are digging, playing, it's yeah, fun. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's always the nights where you're like, oh, man, I need to get out of here. I mean, you're just in a crummy mood or something but then the next day the next day you're not there anymore so you you know then you just kept the bounce back and it is true because it's like always like the good horror stories where you don't want to burn horror stories or horror stories (laughs) well those two but I can't we'll do those on another episode oh and on another episode the dark side of uh, our music careers horrors I have known (laughs) horrors I've known the Elk Hotel (laughs) the Cadillac Hotel oh man (laughs) but the thing about imagine like I've always, I've always used this example because I run a small. I'm involved like doing like with businesses that you you know you come in you have an attitude then you call the person wanting a recommendation yeah. right you know you try to don't burn bridges like yeah. that yep yeah. it's very important very so how we come into the picture and I don't mean to cut you off no you? this is the carnival man this, this is uh, how we do right. it so so how he comes into the band and uh, you know he just makes it all work and he and I we lock in. I really enjoy working with Howie. He's 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 a good egg. He he can he can get on on your nerves, and I can we get along well. I know how to uh, to deal with Howie. He knows how to deal with. He's me. a we, very serious guy. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. goof around a whole lot. Well, you know, he we've got a thing on stage, man, where he'll turn and look at me. And uh, he'll just make me laugh. Yeah. I mean, I he just he's just one of those guys. He's got that personality. He just makes me laugh. We just did a, a private party, an outdoor private party, <laughs> and I'm laughing already because it was outside. It was a, a damp, rainy night. We were under a tent, and he was getting attacked by a mosquito. Uh. Like I've never this mosquito was relentless. Now we're playing. We're playing. And he's trying to swat the mosquito away, and it's landing on him. Of course, I'm, he's just a step ahead of me, and I'm yeah. watching him, and I'm going, it's on your ear, it's on your head, it's on your neck. You know, we're, we're in the middle of a song. I, I, I was just laughing. You had to be there, obviously, but yeah. it was funny. Sounds funny. Yeah. The old days with yeah. Abilene, I told Danny, like years ago, there was this one bush out by the outside stage. Yeah. You didn't want, yeah, you didn't want to be playing there. And I was like telling one of my friends, playing, dude, move him. He's like, nah, it's fine. Then I'll see you during the show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everywhere, yeah. yeah. It was like yeah. those cone flowers. Yeah. yeah. Last year, we did another outdoor thing, and uh, the, the, I don't know if it was a bee, a bee flew down his shirt. Oh, his oh, shirt. No. Oh, my god! Right in the middle of the song. It was like all of a sudden, we just abruptly came to a screeching halt, and he dropped his guitar, and he's, you know, jumping around. Oh, my God. I don't know. Uh, oh, man, I would have loved to have seen that. Oh, my God. It was, <laughs> Did you get a song was, out of it, though? We, yeah. <laughs> we should have. We shouldn't have written a song about it. It's like... Uh, um, uh, you can see if he gets Sting to sing on it. I've got to be in my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a reunion of sorts coming into the uh, um, third degree because Howie played uh, for a number of years, maybe 10 years, I'm going to guess, with uh, uh, our other guitar player from third degree, Jim Mitchell. And and they they had a band um, to, together for for quite a while. They were really good. Uh, I'm going to forget the name of that band now. See, it's from, I didn't bring my notes. Um, but it was a reunion for Howie and Jimmy, and and a reunion for myself and Howie. And uh, we we've had a lot of good good times together. A lot of laughs. I, I really enjoyed myself playing in the band. 
You, you know Jim Bonanno, don't you? Jimmy Bonanno, yeah. of course. Yeah. It was in the circle yeah. of, of bars and bands that we played back in the 70s. Uh, the Centurion was one of them, right. and uh, Jimmy was with Center Stage. Yep, he was in that band with me in the high school thing. That was like, like, he was an interesting guy, scene. man. He had a, an SGE, and I remember it okay. was like, yeah, he's he's a good guy, good singer. The light went on, jumping back to uh, Jimmy and, and Howie's band was uh, Shinbone Alley. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Have you ever really seen good. Shinbone? I'll tell you yeah. what, killer band. Yeah. Killer band. With Dave Sharnevsky was on uh, the other guitar, lead guitar, was Dave and Jimmy. And I'll tell you what, they were killer guitars. I mean, they, they really worked well together, Jim. That's a cool name, too. Yeah, Shinbone Alley. Um. So it was a reunion, having, having Jimmy and Howie back together again after quite a few years, and then Howie and I, as I mentioned, back together again after Ezra and the Storm. You so. know, this is a weird thing that has nothing to do with the music part, but what are the odds of this? Back in the well, late, my dad was sick. He had a, I think he got a heart attack or something, and he's in the he's in the hospital, and for whatever reason, he's in the same room with Jim Bonanno's father. Oh, is that right? And that was like so weird. I was like, oh man, it is weird. Yeah. yeah, and it was like, oh my god. And it was like, it's like when my dad bought a car from Scorgy. <laughs> oh yeah. So that's been like a master class of the, the the scene over the decades. It's been great. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. we've 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 come a long way since yeah. our, our formative years. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're all part of a nice little group, and we, you know, respect one general each other question and... I'll ask: So, what were your observations on how has the scene changed, and what have you seen through the years now? Well, mostly it's how many nights in a row you're playing. Most all the gigs today are one night stands, where, as I mentioned earlier in the show. The Centurion was six nights. You'd set up and you'd be there, well, two weeks we were there at the Centurion. Yeah. You know, f f six nights a week. I think the only night they were closed was, was a Monday night. But the work environment was a lot different back then. Everybody was, at, whether you were at Kodak or Rochester Products, Bausch & Lomb, all the major factories, they were going... Full blast. Yeah. I mean, everybody was working back then, so the bars were, were doing well. Yeah, you were like one of those, like my dad, where he was one of the only ones in the 70s, he got straight days. Did he? Yeah. Okay. Because I did shift work over the summers, yeah. and you know, you're going, ah, that's going to be great. No. Yeah. Shift, uh, <laughs> shift work is tough. I, I managed to stay away from it most of my career working yeah. in the factory. He was really happy about yeah. that, I guess, like when the, that he's, he's one of the guys with the days. Yeah, I uh, I had been laid off from Kodak. I actually passed on uh, a job at Kodak. I was uh, in the process of uh, possibly getting laid off on my current job uh, back way back early, early on, and they offered me a job working shift work in roll coding at Kodak Park. And I went and looked at the job um, in the dark room. And I said, you know, this is really not for me. If I take it, I just may quit, and they may never call me back. I may have a better chance of uh, just uh, turning down the job and getting laid off and, and getting recalled down the road. And that's exactly what happened after a little over a year. They called me and offered me a straight-day job in the warehouse, and I had a 6 to 2.30 job for 20 years. I, I got lucky. Oh, I was nice. able to play yeah. my music on the weekends. Because I was a part-time musician, play my music during the weekends, and then be home for the family during the week. Right. Because I was married back then, and I had a, a young family. My son was was just born in 1980, 
so you know, it, it all worked out for Sometimes me there. Sometimes things and, just fall. You know, that's it, the way I try to don't force things and things. Yeah, you know, things and, and the money out. has changed a lot from those days too, because you used to like you'd play all those days, but you'd end up with two fifty or something. Everybody got like a couple hundred bucks. I mean, in the seventies. That yeah. was a lot of money, you know. Y'all, oh, that was a lot of money. Y'all were going to pay you three hundred dollars, and y'all drank four hundred dollars worth of beer. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, there, yeah, I, I worked with a few of those guys who owed owed the bar money at the yeah, end right, of the gig. Right, yeah. yeah, so, but uh, it, it, it's been a long. Uh, what's the what's the what's that long, line? Strange long trip strange trip it's been, kids. Which could be the theme of this show yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. But no this has been awesome, Steve. Thanks. For yeah. I, well, thanks up. for having me. I really. Hey, well, you're welcome back. Welcome Thank to replace you. him. Oh. <laughs> hey, no, but hey, two drummers and all, uh, really. So, Greg, get out. Okay. <laughs> no, no, you, you enjoyed yourself. Come on back. Yeah, okay. yeah. But we're going to have uh, your call. What do you want to play? You have okay. a whole bunch of stuff you could explain. It. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I, I did bring back. Well, I didn't bring back because I haven't been here before, have I? <laughs> I brought you in. don't know. At this point, we've been doing. <laughs> Greg, has he been here before? Uh, yeah. Did An he wear the cloud mask <laughs> one time? So I brought a, I, I did bring a CD here that uh, well, we. You can re- play a couple songs if you like. It's yeah, we brought a couple uh, a couple things, but this one here I'm pretty proud of. It, it was done live in the studio, and um, it was with Ezra in the Storm. There's a couple songs on here that I sang on. I'd really like the general public to hear some of this. They don't know. Not everyone knows my talents. How is this? I've asked Greg because I know well, Greg sings his couple songs too. How is it? I've always is it tough when you're drumming singing? Because he's done it too. I've seen you. It, do it's that. hard not to slow down or speed up. That's the yeah. Thing you your timing. The your timing. Well, with Howie, he's my timekeeper, right. and he'll let me know. He'll turn and look at me and say, "Speed it up," you know, "Slow yeah. it down." And he's he's really he's he's he helps me out a lot. You have to sort of fit in words to where the grooves are, and it's it's an acquired talent, kind yeah, of. You just yeah. have to figure that out. I'm going to leave you with a joke today. Okay. okay. This is a really special show. Here, ladies and gentlemen, yeah, yeah, Andy's <laughs> cutting in for a third time, but he's got a joke. And then we'll hear these songs afterwards. Yeah. And, um, how do you know there's a drummer knocking at your door? I don't know this one. This how good. do you know there's a drummer knocking at your door? Well, how, I don't know. How do, how do you know there's there's a drummer knocking at your door? The, the knock speeds up. That was a little bit of a knock I don't think I against can, drummers. I don't think I can follow that one. Anything to add, you guys? I can't, I'm done. Yeah, uh, nope. So i got a couple of blues tunes here, ladies and gentlemen, that I'd like you maybe to hear a little snippet of. Uh, one of you probably remember it from the Blues Brothers. And uh, I sing the lead on that. It's called Almost. I got everything I need. Almost. And the other one is uh, a classic blues tune, Let Me Love You, Baby. All right. Well, when we play that, we have a full tank of gas, uh, a pack of cigarettes, <laughs> yeah. it's dark out wearing sunglasses. <laughs> Hit it! <laughs> Hit it! Thanks, oh. man. Count it off! 